welcome to Living a Sensory Life, a podcast that I've started talking all things sensory. So my name's Becky, I'm the founder of Sensory Spectacle, and I've run this podcast to teach you all about sensory processing disorder. We're going to be interviewing people, we're going to be sharing strategies, I'm going to be giving you research, and I'm also going to be explaining things to you so that you can help to understand the child or adult you care for or support just that little bit better. So for some people, we may need to teach self-regulation strategies so that self-care can take place. So it might be that someone finds it really overwhelming to go and get their hair cut or to have a wash or to brush their teeth. However, there are ways that we can help to expose someone to some sensory strategies to help them regulate while these activities are happening. Now, another side of this is also thinking about, well, someone's personal well-being, so their self-care in regards to what is the sensory characteristic that they're doing. So you may know some people that regulate and they chew on their finger or they bite their nails, but they bite them so that they're really, really sore. And so for us, we need to try and help them to find safe ways of getting that sensory input in order for them to not harm themselves and for them to feel happier about how they're supporting themselves in that situation. So let's think about some everyday self-care activities. So it might be something like getting dressed, it may be having a shower or having a bath, it might be brushing your teeth. Now all of these things have sensory elements to them which can be incredibly overwhelming for some people with sensory processing difficulties and so you may already notice some sensory characteristics to help them regulate while they are doing that activity. So it might be that while they're getting dressed, they're squeezing their feet and their legs, like I mentioned in the previous episode. It might be that when someone is having a wash, they always have a bath and they never have a shower because the way that the water feels on their body is so different when they have a bath to when they have a shower. It may be that they find it really overwhelming to use a towel to dry, and so they air dry. So it's about us recognising what it is, how the person we're supporting is supporting themselves during that self-care activity, and how we can support them to make improvements and to help to find that activity a little bit less stressful and more satisfactory for them to be able to independently do. So if we're talking about brushing their teeth, there's so many different ways that we can help someone to be aware of that oral stimulation. So you can do activities like stretching your mouth open, you can make humming sounds so that your lips vibrate, which might be similar to the electric toothbrush that you're currently using. 
It might be that you do mirror work, so you're helping that person to be able to locate where that part of their body is in front of a mirror, so in front of seeing themselves. Now, a lot of the time, mirrors can be really, really helpful for that body awareness. Bathrooms, therefore, are great because we usually have a mirror in the bathroom, which can then be really helpful for things like brushing teeth, washing face. So when we're helping to wake up this certain part of our body, that can be really, really helpful for then brushing our teeth. Now, if it's more about the sensation in their mouth, then you can do activities which help to wake up that part of their mouth. So it might be exploring different temperatures. So it might be gargling or drinking a warm drink or it might be drinking a really really cold drink so you might crush up some ice and hold that in your mouth and both of those ways depending on the person's sensory needs can really help them to be more aware of those oral muscles which are needed for brushing their teeth. If we're thinking about more external activities, so things like going to get your hair cut, again, there's so many different sensory elements to that. And I talk a lot about this in my resources on on our website, Sensory Spectacle. And so we have to consider all of the senses. It may be the noise of the hairdressers or barbers. So it might be the hairdryer or the conversation or the radio or the location of that shop. So it might be on a really busy, noisy road or it might be on a really quiet road. It could be the visual input. So again, there might be lots of mirrors that could be really disorientating, really confusing. It might be the lighting, so there's usually lots of overhead lighting in hairdressers. But also they might have pin spot lighting, which you can move, which again can be spontaneous and change and be quite difficult to filter out because of their intensity. It might be the smell, so when we get our hair cut, we have our hair washed. We get it dried by a towel which may smell a certain way. We may have products put into our hair. We may be able to smell the perfume or the aftershave of the person who's cutting our hair. Um, There's so many different types of smells that we may well smell in that environment. And don't forget other people. It might be other people's smells or maybe that other person is drinking, drinking coffee, which we know is really, really powerful, or or eating some sort of food. And so that's just three of our sensory systems. Think about um, tactile, think about the way that their hair feels when it falls. Think about the way that their head feels when their hair is being cut off. Some people are really sensitive to the changes in that weight. Um, It might be the way that the clothing feels that they have to wear. So the gown or the weighted um, shoulder press to keep the gown down. It could be um, a fan. There's so many things where it could be tactile related as well as their body awareness. So someone who finds it difficult to sit still has to be up and about and moving. Now, 
all of these things are going to impact their ability to sit down and get their hair cut. And so again, we have to go back to thinking about, well, how do we teach these self-regulating strategies? So in the previous episode, I spoke to you about the importance of us building that relationship with that person, really knowing and understanding them so that then we can put appropriate strategies in place. So it might be that we know, right, I know that it's going to be the sound that's overwhelming them in that setting. How can I support that? Can they put wax in their ears to filter out some sounds? Can they listen to certain music? Can we book a time that we know is going to be quieter? So right at the beginning of the day, for example. So self-care strategies are things that we all have to do. And so, again, someone with sensory processing difficulties will be finding ways of supporting themselves. However, some of those ways may be refusal. So maybe not wanting to do or take part in that activity because it's too much. And so that's where our job is to come in and try and help them to recognise what it might be. Is it the lights? Is it the visual input? Is it the tactile feeling? And so then when we're thinking about self-care as well, I mentioned at the beginning, I also want to talk just a little bit about self-care in regards to how they are treating their own bodies. So some of the young people and adults that I've supported may have certain ways of regulating themselves that seem really intense, really strong. It might be quite boisterous, it might be quite firm, it might be what other people are appear to be quite scary so it might be biting themselves it might be hitting themselves it might be rolling it might be poking pinching biting nails all of those things and we may question why are they doing that i want them to stop that and so our gut reaction is they must stop doing that and that's okay that's really important because we want to keep the people that we're supporting safe. However, before we can stop that, we need to understand what it is about that characteristic, about that activity, as to why they're doing it. Why do they still chew on that finger? Why do they still hit themselves or pinch themselves? What is it? Is it the tactile input? Is it the auditory input? Is it the response that they get? Is it the attention that they get? And so this is where we start to unravel a whole new ball of understanding someone, that person that we're supporting. Because it may not specifically be relating to someone's sensory processing difficulties it may well relate to actually communication or that engagement that someone has with another member of staff or a colleague or a family or friend because you notice that that behavior only happens in a certain environment so when we see someone biting it might be that they bite themselves it might be that they bite other people That can be communication, but it could also be a lot of other sensory elements as well. So we need to think about the tactile feeling. We need to think about the internal feeling of the pain. We need to think about the visual element, the auditory element. So the auditory may be the prompt that they get from someone else to stop doing that. 
It may be the smell or the taste on their finger and it may well be that body awareness. So there are lots of things. It's not necessarily someone biting because they're bored or because they're finding a way of trying to get your attention. And so when I talk about self-care strategies, yes, I'm talking about these daily activities like getting our hair cut, brushing our teeth, having a wash. But I'm also talking about self-care of that child or adult themselves. How can we help to support them to feel better in life, to feel find new ways of being able to help to regulate themselves, to support themselves? How can we help them to take part in these activities, which so many people enjoy? Lots of people enjoy going to get their hair cut as a treat. Um, Lots of people enjoy having a shower because it makes them feel fresh. And so all of these things are what's really important for us to start to talk about and start to um, make people aware of that we're supporting. So for people with sensory difficulties, we need to talk about what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And we can then relate that to some of these activities as well. This podcast was brought to you by Sensory Spectacle. You can find out more about our immersive training and workshops on our website, sensorispectacle.co.uk. We educate about and create awareness of sensory processing disorder internationally. We travel the world helping parents and professionals to understand specific characteristics relating to sensory processing needs. On our website, you'll find books, sensory support items, classroom resources, as well as information about our trainings. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. We love to hear from you. But otherwise, thanks for listening.